Hello, this is Gihan Ferreira. Welcome to another edition of Focal Point, a regular podcast about all that's new on the internet and how you can make it work for you and your business. Uh, as usual, my co-host today is Chris Pudney. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? I'm well, thanks, Gihan. How are you? I'm happy. I'm happy. Glad to hear it. It's been a few weeks since we've done our last podcast, so I'm looking forward to it today. Yeah, we've been a bit busy, haven't we? We've... Uh I went to a very interesting uh, seminar about using YouTube and uh, uploading videos to that. Yeah, who ran that now? I think that was Yugi, huh? <laughs> That's right. That was a, that was a few <laughs> weeks ago. Actually, let's let's start talking about that because I know that you came along to that seminar with a particular product in mind, and it's a product that you've been marketing for a couple of years now, and you've just started doing a new marketing thing with YouTube, which is I think quite quite common nowadays that people are using things like YouTube and blogs and podcasts for marketing much more than they ever did before. That's right, yeah. So the product you're talking about, Gihan, is an e-book called I Am Siamese, and it's um, available from IamSiamese.com, I-A-M-S-I-A-M-E-S-E.com. And yeah, it's a product developed a couple of years ago, and in those days, um, the way it was marketed was to use Google Ads when they were quite a lot cheaper than they are these days. Um, so, yeah, with the increase in price of uh, pay-per-click advertising on Google, um, I abandoned that strategy. And recently, you mentioned to me the idea of using YouTube as a mechanism for marketing products. And so, yeah, I produced a, um, a short video and uploaded it to YouTube and mentioned uh, IamSiamese.com in the uh, description and in a watermark on the video, and uh, away we went. And I guess we should make it clear that I'm Siamese about Siamese cats, isn't it? it that it is indeed, and that's that was the uh, focus of the video itself. That it was used. I just used a, a PowerPoint presentation with some images from a royalty-free CD that I bought on eBay. We'll talk a bit about eBay in a moment. Um, and yeah, turned that into a, a PowerPoint presentation, recorded that into a video, added some um, royalty-free music over the top, watermarked it with IamSiamese.com, and provided a, a description that contained lots of Siamese cats keywords that uh, went alongside the video, um, and uploaded it into YouTube. And I guess the thing that's interesting, Chris, is because I've been involved in this like I know the story ever since you started marketing it and initially it, you were doing it I mean you chose Siamese cats because you found that there was a there was a market for that on the internet and uh, in fact there's a market for people searching search engines for that is that how you initially f- did the research that's right yes just um Sorry, yeah, pa- placing a um a small google ad in uh, google obviously uh, which was based around keywords for Siamese cats and then collecting some information from people who went to my landing page. And, um, yeah, th- there was quite a bit of traffic and quite a few interesting questions. And from there, um, from those questions, developed an e-book that was ghostwritten uh, by a writer that we found, that I found on Elance. Uh, Elance being what we talked about uh, a few uh, podcasts ago in our outsourcing topic. Mm. And I think the interesting thing is that over the last, I don't know, what has it been, maybe three years now or two years, the, the whole marketing strategy has changed and the landscape of the Internet has changed. And perhaps two years ago you wouldn't have used YouTube or something like that to, to market. That's right, you wouldn't have. Uh, the, the, that's the thing, isn't it? The landscape is always changing. Something new is coming along, pricing points are changing all the time. And so, yeah, back then, Google was the way to go. It was fairly cheap to advertise on Google, and, and it still can be for some for some particular sets of keywords. Um, 
But uh, along has come YouTube, which has made it a lot easier uh, to share video and a lot more popular with the ubiquity of broadband access. Um, so yeah, that's that's why people are moving moving with the landscape of the internet moving. And another thing I guess we should say is that we are, for the first time, the Focal Point podcast is being done over Skype. So we're experimenting with um, just doing Skype phone calls. And for people who don't know, Skype is um, technology that allows you to make free phone calls on the internet. And uh, I remember when we... when I first started using it a few years ago, there weren't that many people using Skype. But I'm looking at this now, Chris, as we're making this call. There are 5.4 million Skype users online right now. Yeah, that's astonishing, isn't it? It's, it's amazing. And it's, yep. uh, it just, again, shows the, the astonishing take-up of some of these new technologies. And lots of people, for lots of people, it's brand new and they've never used it before. But there are millions of people around the world using some of these technologies and using it very successfully. That's right, absolutely. And yeah, it's it's kind of coincidental that we've chosen to use Skype today because we decided ahead of time that our focus today was going to be on eBay, who happened to have acquired Skype. It seems a bit strange that uh, an online auction company would acquire an internet telephony company. Yeah, and you know what? That, that, so their official reason was that by buying Skype, it would mean that buyers and sellers, like if you're interested in buying something, you could ring up the seller free using Skype and talk to them and ask them questions about their product. But I reckon that you know, someone like eBay, with all their billions of dollars behind them, could actually build a Skype themselves. So I reckon what they actually bought it for was that database. And uh, I think at the time they bought it, they had about 100 million users in Skype, and I'm sure that's, um, that's just grown much more since then. That's right, yeah, because as a frequent user of eBay, I have not seen any um, tie-in with Skype. There's no link to sort of Skype me or anything on any of the seller's pages that I've come across. I I could be wrong, but I certainly haven't seen any of that tie-in take place. So I think you're right, it's that vast database of Skype users that, uh, that eBay are pursuing there. It's one of those things that I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, Chris. It's this whole idea of Web 2.0. It's all about community. And you have these millions of users who now have access to the same tool or the same website, whether it's YouTube or MySpace or Facebook, which is something we were just talking about before the call. And that's the way the Internet is changing, that it's becoming more about collaboration community than it is about people publishing, that the whole publisher versus reader, that model is changing very rapidly. That's right, yeah. Yep, it's that architecture of participation, isn't it? That's the, it is. the key phrase. It is. And you know what? That, the, the thing we're going to talk about today, eBay was actually one of the pioneers in this area. And I was thinking about this yesterday, Chris, thinking about what we were talking about and what's the big picture around it. eBay, I think, was one of the first really big websites that was created as a vehicle for people to for people to participate. The the owners of eBay don't put any content on there except instructions on how to use it and and the tools that allow you to use it. Exactly, and they provide the infrastructure for buying and selling via electronic auction. But without that community of buyers and sellers, it would be just another website that no one's heard of. Um, and yeah, you're right. They're the pioneers, aren't they? they? They were established around about 1996, which is really, you know, in the early days of of the internet, before Web 2.0 was even thought up. 
Um, and yet they've got that model, haven't they? The, the, the architecture of participation, where without that community of people buying and selling on eBay, it, it really wouldn't be the phenomenon that it is. Yeah, that's right. And actually, actually, I lied a bit because they're not the only ones who did that. There's a certain Dr. Chris Pudney who did something <laughs> similar. Uh, and, that's and, right. <laughs> Why didn't I become the the, yeah, the offloadonline.com? Why didn't that become the uh, the eBay of today? <laughs> well, I think we have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but I wouldn't mind just. Just if you just want to talk a little bit briefly about what he did, Chris, because again, it was one of those things that is very much now, I think you were way ahead of your time when you did that. And, uh, even though there was a few years, that was only a few years ago, a few years, a long time on the internet. It sure is, that's right. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a, a little niche. My, my hobby is buying and, and selling CDs. And so I wanted a website where I could uh, actually, actually host that kind of thing. Um, so I built offloadonline.com, and that was a place where uh, CD traders could list the CDs they had uh, they wanted to trade, and people who were interested in buying them could come along and search the listings and contact the buyer if they if they wanted to uh, do an exchange or or, or buy them. Uh, yeah, so I had that going for a few years. Uh, it never took off in the way that eBay took off, um, and there were other other sites that were doing similar sorts of things specifically for buying and selling CDs. Um, um, yeah, it was, it was good fun, um, but it, in the end, it took a, a lot of time to to keep on top of it and to keep it keep it going. So um, it's kind of now defunct. Mm-hmm. But uh, actually, I think one of the interesting things comparing that with eBay, apart from the fact that uh, that they've become a huge worldwide phenomenon and you've only become a small worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> uh, well, I think one of the interesting things is that your business model was slightly different. That yours was that you get lots of people coming to the site and therefore you'd be able to sell some advertising. So you made your money from advertising rather than what eBay does, which is making money from a small amount of money from every sale, but a small amount of money lots of times. That's right. So the, my choice was not to get involved in the transaction between the two people doing the trade if they were buying or selling, whereas eBay and other sites like um, GEM, the Global Electronic Music Marketplace, which is the other big one that's related to primarily to music and books, they um, participated, they back the transaction and they take a commission based on uh, on that transaction, whereas I didn't really want to have to spend time building the infrastructure to do that. Um, it was simpler just to allow people to list and contact one another if they wanted to, to trade. Um, so it was more of a classified ads model than a, um, than a um, getting involved in the transaction itself, which is what eBay does. And yet, that I think that your model is closer to what many of the big Web 2.0 sites are doing now, uh, closer to that than, than the eBay, eBay model. In other words, they just provide everything free, but assume that they work on just building up a huge community, and then they sell classified ads or they sell advertising. Yeah, yep, they do. That's right. Yep. So, okay, well, you mentioned in passing that you're a regular or frequent eBay user. So let's talk a little bit about eBay. And, and I think that most people generally have an idea there's a place that you can go and buy and sell stuff. Um, I think there was a perception that, it, that there was a lot of fraud that took place on eBay. Uh, and I think I remember many years ago there was a study done that said you know, something, some ridiculous number, like 80% of people said that they'd experienced internet fraud. But it turned out that 80% of that 80% um, were really talking about eBay more than anything else. Right. Um, but okay. let's talk about that whole auction idea that how how is it that eBay has set up a system that, that brings people together? 
Yes, that's right. So the infrastructure that they've provided is that if you've something you want to sell, you can list it with eBay. It goes into their database and uh, you specify a starting point for an electronic auction and an amount of time that that listing's going to, that auction is going to run for. Typically it's seven days. And then people come to, to eBay with uh, something in mind that they want to purchase. They search the listings and if they find something that's of interest to them, they enter a bid. They make a bid for it. Um, and they've got an interesting mechanism that we can talk about later on, proxy bidding. Um, but essentially you enter a bid and if it's higher than the current bid, then you become the highest bidder. And uh, if you're still the highest bidder when the auction ends, then uh, the uh, you, the um, the item is is yours, and uh, then you can purchase it from the from the seller, and away you go. So in effect, it's exactly the same as any other auction. So if you're buying a property uh, and you go to a live auction, it's exactly the same process happens, isn't it? That's right. It's, it is essentially an online auction with uh, a few little twists um, that make it different in a few respects. If you're a first-timer and you're expecting the kind of auction that you've been to or seen on television uh, for a live auction, then uh, there are a few subtle differences that uh, are worth being aware of. Such as? Such as, for example, the auction doesn't end when there are no more bidders. The auction ends after a fixed amount of time. Typically, uh, yes. they're, they're week, weekly auctions. And when you bid, um, you have this mechanism which is called proxy bidding, which is not where you simply enter a bid that is higher than the current highest bid. What you do is you enter the highest bid that you are willing to pay, and then eBay's proxy bidding mechanism will enter a bid on your behalf that is sufficient to outbid the current highest bid without exceeding your own high proxy bid. So, for example, if the current bid on an current highest bid on an item is a dollar, and you're willing to pay five dollars for that, you enter a proxy bid of five dollars, but eBay will only enter a bid of one dollar twenty-five, which is sufficient to outbid the current highest bid, um, and that will remain the highest bid until someone outbids you. That means they have to bid higher than five five dollars your current proxy bid. Yes, in other words, so let's, let's take that example. So there's a, there's an object on there for a dollar, that the current bid is a dollar, and you and I are bidding on it, so you put in a, you, you know that you're willing to pay up to five dollars, so you put in five dollars. That's right. But the price on it, so, but your bid gets listed as a dollar twenty-five. That's right, assuming that the current highest bid is actually the highest bid entered by the... the That's computer. right. So yes. if it's, let's, say if, let's say if it's just you and me in the auction, then yep. I go along and I go, okay, well, it's twenty five. I'll put in $2. Um, what you're saying is that you don't have to keep coming... That you, Chris, don't have to keep coming back to eBay to keep checking. eBay That's will right. automatically say, uh, now there's another bid for $2.25. That's right. Because exactly you, have, right. you have bid above that. So in other words, it does automatic bidding for you up up to your maximum. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So it's an elegant mechanism. You, you only need to enter a bid once, and um, if at the end of the auction uh, that still remains to be the highest bid, then uh, then that's that's it. A single bid needs to be entered. That's all. Yeah, that's right. And it's it's a very simple mechanism, and as you say, it's, it's elegant because it means that you don't end up paying your maximum bid. You end up paying just what you just enough to to beat everybody else. That's right. Which is the way it yep. should be in an auction. Yeah. It's, it's like going to a live property auction and telling the auctioneer your maximum amount, which you wouldn't do, but you could tell them what your, what your maximum is and they could bid on your behalf or they could just yeah. announce your bids um, as people 
try to outbid you. That's right. Yep. Except you don't have to be there all the time, which is where eBay makes its money because it doesn't rely on people going back to the eBay website all the time. Exactly. And something else that they've introduced uh, a few years ago now is fixed price items, sometimes called buy it now items. So if you've got something to sell and you're happy to accept 10 bucks for it, then you don't have to choose to auction it. You can just list it as a buy it now item and someone comes along and purchases it, enters $10 and, and they've got it straight away. In fact, Chris, I think that's for the most of the purchases I've made on eBay have been for buy it now items because I just tend to go, okay, I want to buy something now. I don't want to wait a few days or wait a week for the auction to end. I just look for something and I'll buy it now, even if it's a little bit more than the current bid on a similar item. Right. Because I feel that the current bid might go up in a week or I might just want it now. Yep. It's a gratification. That's me. It should be called want it now, perhaps. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, okay, so eBay started off as a very amateurish, is not the right word, but consumer type thing that people would be going through their garden sheds and putting all their products on there for sale and uh, other people would be buying them. So it just became a real a marketplace for anybody in the world. But yeah. it's become very professional now. Um, I saw the stat that said it's the biggest used car sales dealership in the world. It's um, astonishing, isn't it? I think incredible. people, you know, in the early days of the internet, I think there was that quote that no one would ever buy a car online. Mm. And yet the turnover on eBay alone is, is phenomenal in, in cars and in real estate too now. In re- that's right. In like in these big ticket items that in the past you just thought there's just no way anyone would do that, and especially on an auction site as opposed to a big brand name company website. Exactly, that's right. Uh, and I also saw something that um, we talked about this offline, Chris. That there are half a million people who make a living on eBay. Yeah, that that astonishes me. And it's it, you know I'm a bit of an eBay addict. I really you know I visit it twice a day. I've got searches uh, set up and eBay sends me alerts when new items are listed that match those. Um, and yes, I come across uh, vendors who are obviously selling a large number of items, making make, must be making a living from it. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole idea. Well, and eBay supports that as well, doesn't it? It allows you to set up an eBay store now where That's you right. don't just have to go and list miscellaneous items. If you've got a big bunch of items, you can actually set up a shop on eBay and there's some there's huge advantages. I mean, you you get instant access to a market that's that's available, and there's millions of people visiting there. You exactly. get eBay taking care of all your transactions for you. It's now become a reputable place for people to do e-commerce, so you don't have to go through that. Oh, they're going to steal my credit card number anymore. And it's a very easy way to set up shop. That's right. Yeah, it's a real turnkey storefront, isn't it? It is, and it's it's a turnkey storefront with with the market, which is really what any business is looking for. Yep, yep. So it's, in, it's intriguing that people could still make a living from it, though, isn't it? It is, because I, I guess it's a narrow perception that I have in that the thing that I'm after when I'm visiting eBay is CDs, and I can't see how people selling who list you know thousands upon thousands of $1 CDs are, are eking a living out of... Uh, the, the, the small amount of profit they must be making, but they must be doing. They must be. Obviously, they're acquiring those CDs for far less than the one dollar that they're selling them. Yeah, that's right. And I've heard of people doing the same thing with bigger items like billiard tables. Right. And 
they where they acquire them wholesale and then sell them on eBay. And I yeah. guess the thing is that they're just using their smart, they're, they're putting their marketing skills to work. So they're smart marketers and they know how to sell. So exactly. That, so they get paid for that. Yeah, they're smart enough to go to eBay in the first instance. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and I think that's the real potential, Chris, for people who are in business for themselves. Like many of my clients, um, as you know, are professional speakers, they're trainers, they're consultants, coaches, authors. They're people who've written books, they've produced audio CDs, they've created DVDs. So they've got the rights to them. So it costs them almost nothing to acquire those products. Okay. So for them yeah. to go and then sell them on eBay, even if they don't get full retail for them, because somebody bids for them at auction, um, even if they don't get full retail, if they get 50%, they're still making quite a quite a hefty profit. So what sort of advice do you have for your clients with regard to eBay? Do you advise them to, to uh, do it through eBay or through their own websites or both? Well, I think always just do as many as many options as you can. Mm-hmm. So definitely do it through, if you've got an ebook, do it through eBay, do it on your own website, put it on Amazon's ebook library, do, do it in any, any distribution channels you can get, do it provided that they're not going to take too much of your time. Because if you spend all day optimizing or customizing your eBay listing and at the end of the day you only make a few hundred dollars worth of sales, it's a waste of time. Right. But the, the nice thing with eBay is that it's very easy to test because it has got that volume. So, for example, if and you know, I will do this, I will do this. I will take one of my programs and advertise it on eBay and okay. see what it sells for. And if it doesn't sell, that the next week I can go back and customize. So, and that doesn't cost me very much, does it, Chris? For me to list something no. doesn't cost me very much at all. Right. There is a listing fee, isn't there? That's right. Uh, eBay make their money in two ways. It's from the listing fee, which is based upon the starting price of the um, of the auction, plus a few optional add-ons like you can um, highlight your listing in there in the listings. You can embolden it or make it a bright colour. You can add photographs and that sort of thing. And then there's a percentage taken if there is an actual transaction at the end if the item sells. Yes, and it's a percentage of the purchase price, whatever the final price was. Correct. Less, not including postage. So, you know, the postage, postage, you don't get charged commission on. That's right. So, yeah, so um, it's easy for me to, it's very easy and cheap for me or for any of my clients to take one of the existing products of which they know there's quite a high market. So a book might be, you know, even an expensive book would cost $8, like a typical book that you buy in the, uh, in a bookshop, Chris, that the, yep. the production cost of that would probably be two or three because they do them in large quantities. But even if you do it in small quantities, you could probably print a book for $8. Right. Yes. And you'd sell that for 25 retail, 25 plus postage. But you could put that on eBay for, let's say you put it on there just at a starting price of $10 and see what happens. And in a week's time, if it sells for $10, okay, you make $2 on it, which isn't very much. But then you might test it the next week with a different starting price, maybe $15, and just see what happens. And you could test the pricing, you could test your marketing, you could test your headlines. It's just such a wonderful tool for testing some of these things because you can get instant or, or close to instant feedback on it. You can. And, of course, you could add to that auction a buy it now price, so you could sell it. At 25 as well, people can That's buy right. it immediately for 25. That's right. And some, you can do that as an option, can't you? you can, it, the same item can be on auction and a buy it now price. 
That's right. And another thing that I've just seen recently, I don't know how new it is, but I've come across a couple of items, is a best offer. So you can just offer something to the vendor, whatever you like, and they can get back. To, they have to get back to you within 48 hours, I think it is, uh, as to whether they accept or reject that offer. So again, you could uh, put a best offer option in your listing and find out what people are prepared to pay for it online. Mm. Yeah. So this is another way of testing the market. That's right. I think it's a really powerful tool. And uh, you know, to come back to your question, do you do one or the other? Do you do it on your website or on eBay? Do both. Right, yeah. Um, there's no reason not to that I can think of because it doesn't take much to do. That's right, it doesn't. One thing that is worth considering is that people, experienced eBay buyers, pay a lot of attention to um, vendor ratings. So as an e- when you transact on eBay, you get the opportunity to rate the buyer or seller. Both can rate one another. So as a buyer, you can rate the person that you bought from, and as a seller, you can rate the person who bought from you. And so you build up a a reputation on eBay uh, based on the feedback that you get after each transaction that you participate in. And when I've, and when others um, use eBay, they're a bit wary of people who have low scores, Low, low can mean a low history, but low can also mean has participated and got a bad feedback rating. Yeah, and so I think I must admit so, I so, yeah, if, you, if you're just starting out, it's probably worth trying to to build up a good rating to to help um, improve your your reputation within the eBay rating system. Yeah, and that that means be at this when you start out, offer better than excellent service. Yes. So, you know, for example, I've got audio programs that are available on CD, and one of the things I will do, I do this even on my own website, Chris, but he just reminded me that this is the sort of thing I should be doing on eBay, is I will quite often get a transcript of it so that people who buy off my website, immediately by email, they can get, even if they have to wait a week for the CDs to arrive um, in the post. Right. So yes. that sort of thing, even if you, especially if you don't announce it up front, and I don't. I say, buy the CDs, and as soon as they buy it, when they get their tax invoice, it says, by the way, if you don't want to wait, here's a transcript, so you can start getting value from it immediately. And it's a special bonus that they weren't expecting. Right, yep. Uh, or often, if I'll, if I'll send a CD to them, I'll put in as a bonus another one of my CD programs. And again, it's just one of those things that makes them happier with the purchase and increases the chances of you getting a positive, fee, a positive rating yep. on eBay. Yep, yeah. And the other way to uh, to uh, get a positive rating is to perhaps make a few small purchases of items that oh, you're interested right. in. And no, I didn't know about that. I didn't know that the, the that it was an overall rating. So your rating is a combination of you buying and selling, is it? That's right. It is. Okay. Yes. Yep. So yeah, you can get the ball rolling by making a few small purchases and <laughs> and of course paying for them, and uh, then uh, the, the vendor will uh, hopefully give you ought to give you a uh, positive rating for each of those purchases. Yes, and I guess following on from that is for you to do your part by giving them positive ratings as well. Absolutely. And uh, I know that the, the people that have bought from who are, as you say, like they've, they've got a reputation, they go overboard. And so when I pay promptly, which I always do, either by 
bank deposit or by PayPal, I always pay immediately. Uh, they come back to me and their ratings are you know, almost embarrassingly positive, like A, triple plus, uh, you know, perfect buyer, deal with him again, that sort of thing. Yes. And I think yes. that's the right thing to do because if you, get, if you have a good experience, especially in a place like eBay, tell people because that's what they rely on. Exactly. Yep. Well, I guess we're getting into the close, close to the end of our program, Chris. So, I, I just think, just like many of these other tools, I think if I said to you what what piece of advice would you give, I think one thing you'd say is, look, just give it a go. Absolutely, you, um, it's, you knew that. Yes, because there's a low, <laughs> it is, it is. low entry point. There's a low cost of entry for for eBay. It is. Um, I think yep. the other point you made, which is a really important one, the thing about reputation is. As easy as it is to get into it, also be careful that you only that you only do it when you're serious about it. You don't have to make a big commitment, but you can't just let it go either. You can't just go, okay, I'll put something on there, go away f- on holidays for a month, and just hope that I'm suddenly suddenly going to make money for me. Yeah. Well, if you go on holiday, you're going to have trouble um, providing feedback to people and shipping products. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have, yes, you have to. You have to participate and you have to do so um, positively. And it, with eBay, it definitely puts you under a magnifying glass. So on your own website, if you're not getting a lot of traffic and you get the occasional person buying from your website and you do go away on holidays for four weeks and you get some orders in the meantime and they're backed up, you come back from holidays and you tell them and you explain that you were away and they, even if they're upset, it's only two or three people upset. You don't want to do that. But with eBay, that could really affect your reputation for a long, long time. That's right. Yeah. Once, uh, once you, um, once you get a red mark against your name, so to speak, uh, it's, it's kind of indelible. It's very difficult. There are means, for example, if people make mistakes, accidentally give you a negative rating, then that, that rating, uh, is, is there forever. You can, you can go through the ratings history and you can see those, those red marks against people's names. So yeah, you have to, yep, you have to make sure that if you're going to do it, you uh, get into it wholeheartedly and, uh, you do things properly. That's right. And, and you don't have to be an eBay addict. You, you can do it, but you've got to make, you've got to make, got to have some commitment to it. Mm. Yep. All right. Well, any parting words on eBay, Chris? You're the one who uses it frequently. Yes, <laughs> too frequently, perhaps my wife might say. Um, but anyway, yes. Again, it's this architecture of participation, isn't it, Gihan? Everything we've talked about, almost. I think we've ended up by saying it's easy to do. Give it a go, um, but make sure in this case with eBay that you do so in a fashion that isn't going to uh, leave a, a black mark against your name. You know, behave properly. Pay on time, or if you're selling things, make sure you ship them in a timely fashion and you represent your goods um, accurately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this, uh, I made a presentation last week, Chris, where I said this, and I'll say it again, and, and I preface it by saying, you're going to hate what I'm about to say, but I have to say it anyway, and I'm talking to the listening audience here, and it's this, that you can't outsource this. This is one of those things where to learn it you have to immerse yourself in it. It's not to say that you have to be the one who's packing envelopes and going out to the post office to ship it, but to get started, to get a feel for it, it really does require your participation, not somebody else's. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so to start off with, at least, you really have to immerse yourself in it, find out whether it's the right marketing venue f- vehicle for you, uh, and if it is, then you can then 
you know, write some systems, train other people to do it. But to start off with, you have to go and do it yourself. Yep. Feet first. Absolutely. So jump in and get started. Great. Well, thank you, Chris. Uh, as usual, it's been a really you. interesting podcast. Uh, I remind people again if they'd like to get if they'd like to get this podcast, it's at gihanperera.com forward slash podcast. That's G I H A N P E R E R A dot com forward slash podcast. And we always have uh, links to all of the websites that we talk about in our podcasts available. And if you've missed any of the past issues of our podcast, you can either get them as part of the podcast or download them off our blog, which is also available at that address. So thank you, Chris, and uh, hope to speak with you again soon. Will do. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye.